like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Father, I thank you. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We have been talking about walking with Jesus. Let's turn to 1 John 2, 6. We're going to begin there. The Apostle John says, He that saith that he abideth in him, and he's talking about Jesus. So he that saith that he abideth in Jesus on himself also to walk even as he walked. So if you say that you abide in Jesus and you've got to walk it like Jesus walked. Makes sense. Now, turn with me to 1 Peter 2. And we're going to go to verse 21. This is an interesting verse, not always a favorite. Verse 20. It says, For what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently? But, if when you do well and you suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. Acceptable. For even hereunto were you called. Whoa, wait a minute. I don't remember signing up for this. For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving an example that you should follow in his steps, who did no sin, no sin, neither was God found in his mouth. And look at this next verse, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. Have we got ourselves to that point yet? We're working on it very hard. When we are reviled, that we do not revile back. Interesting. When he suffered, he threatened not. Well, I'm going to leave. Well, let's just get a divorce. He threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Look at the last part of that verse because that is important and you can use it. Do the whole verse again. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. And when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Have you ever been in a position where you don't know if you're right or wrong, but it's a bunch of turmoil? This verse is a great comfort, and I have gone to it more than once, but committed himself to him. Who is him? That is the Father committed himself. You know, we are told to commit people, commit family, commit people to God. In fact, I've had two experiences where people have contacted me and their parent was dying and they didn't know what to do. And I would show them this verse, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. And I said, commit your parent to God, commit him to God. 
The family didn't know where they were going. They didn't know what to do. You know what I told them? Commit them unto God. You know why? There's nobody that loves them more. There is nobody that loves them more than the Father. There is nobody that had gone out of his way to bring his mercy and his grace. That is somebody you can commit them to. I have said that more than once. And then one day I realized, my Lord, that verse says, commit me. Commit myself to the one that loves me more than anybody else. The one that is full of mercy and grace and is love. When those times when you don't know, thank God you can commit yourself, yourself to the Father. And you know what? He will do righteously it promises right here but committed himself to him that judges righteously that's somebody you can commit to you know what even if you've done wrong God will use mercy I love it mercy rejoices against judgment now let's go to Luke 4 we're going to look at Jesus today we're going to look at how Jesus handled one of the most beautiful things about Christianity persecution. I love it the way Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, if you're not being persecuted, you're not worth powder or shot. We don't look for persecution, but we rejoice when it comes, and we will see. We're going to go to Luke chapter 4, and I'm going to begin in verse 14. Last week, we talked about Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, being sent into the wilderness, being tempted. He went into the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost, but he came out. He came out from being tempted in the power of the Spirit. Big difference. Went in full of the Holy Ghost, came out in the power of the Holy Ghost. You can be full of the Holy Ghost and nothing works. Beginning in verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit and the Galilee. And there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues and being glorified of all. Verse 16, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And look at this next phrase. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Now, this was his custom. In fact, it shows in history that Jesus was a rabbi. In fact, they call him a rabbi in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Rabbi, rabbi. Why? Because he taught in their synagogues before he went into his own ministry. So here he is, as the custom was, he goes into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stands up for to read. But there's something different now. He's on the other side of the wilderness. He went in full, now he comes out in the power of the Holy Ghost and things are different. He said, and there was delivered to him the book of the prophet Isaiah. He opened the book. He found the place where it was written. Now remember, Jesus right here is being led of the Spirit of God. Led of the Spirit. The Spirit says, go to these verses. So he opened up the book. He finds out where it's written. And now he starts talking. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Here 
is where Jesus begins his ministry. He begins it right here with the book of Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now he's walking in the anointing. Now he's being led by the spirit. He goes on because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Now he's going to be preaching the gospel. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. How beautiful to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book as usual. And he gives it again to the minister and he sets down. The eyes of all them that are in the synagogue are fastened upon him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? And he said unto them, you will surely say unto me this proverb, physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do thou hear also in thy country. Right there, he's prophesying. Here it comes, folks. He's prophesying. He said, surely you will say to me this proverb, physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also hear in that country. And he said, verily, I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you the truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Isaiah sent, save to Sepharta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. Jesus is speaking these words by the Spirit. Remember, in John, Jesus cannot do anything on his own. He only does what the Father does. He only speaks what the Father speaks. And there he is, standing in front of all these people, and, and the Spirit of God is speaking this to that crowd, that group of people there goes on in verse 26, but none of them was Isaiah sent, saved to Sepharta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elias the prophet, and none of them is cleansed, saved Nahum, in the Syrian. And they all in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. Now they're mad. Why? Now he's speaking by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God nails them. And now they're filled with wrath. Welcome to Christianity. And he rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him under the brow of the hill where their city was built that they might cast him down headlong. You think that might be a little persecution? They're hoping to kill him. On the first day, he goes into the ministry. But he passing through the midst of them went his way. He walked right out of there. Their intention, they were so angry, they want to kill him. And what does he do? By the Spirit, he walks right out from among them. He walks right away, and they can't get him. They can't get him. Beautiful. Turn with me to Mark 3. Once Jesus is moving in the Spirit, now everybody's mad at him. Welcome to Christianity. The same thing that happens to Jesus, same thing's going to happen to us. When we start moving in that spirit, when we start overcoming to where we've got some power in that spirit, you're going to wonder 
why all hell hit. You know why? Because you just got a big target on you. Your enemy now is the devil. And he's going to use everybody he can to stop you. It is amazing. And we're going to see what happens with Jesus. And then we're going to see that the same things happen to us. Mark 3 verse 20. And the multitude cometh together again so they could not so much as eat bread. Jesus is healing the sick. Casting out devils. I mean people are getting healed. Devils are going. And look at the next verse. And when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him. For they said, he is beside himself. But I love the way the English Standard Version is because friends is not translated correctly. That word is kinsmen, family, mom and dad, brothers and sisters. English Standard Version said, and when his family heard it, they went out to seize him. For they were saying he is out of his mind. Go with me to Luke 20, 20. And they watched Jesus, and they sent forth spies, which should feign themselves just men, that they might take hold of his words, so they might deliver him under the power and authority of the governor. They're not listening to his words for good. They're not listening to the words that they might bless themselves. They're trying to hang him. You know what? You'll find that walking with Jesus. When you overcome the fear you realize if you are walking in the spirit, your words are not your words. And you can commit yourself to God and they can't get your words because they're not your words. You don't have to be afraid. Now, go with me to John 15, 20. Jesus was persecuted clear up to the cross. It says, remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. And we have read that. If ye, they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that has sent me. They know not him that has sent me. They will call you the devil. In fact, you don't have to go back there, but Mark 3, the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebub, and by the prince of the devils, he cast out devils. You know how many people told me I was full of the devil? That because of what I'm doing, I'm yielding to the devil. I'm speaking in tongues, that's the devil. I'm casting out devils, that's the devil. I'm laying my hands on the sick, that's the devil. I'm just the devil. But you know what? They call Jesus the same thing. Hallelujah. I'm just like Jesus. Oh, that's pretty cool. Now, turn with me to Matthew 5. Verse 10. Blessed, blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You want a hint that you're headed for the kingdom of heaven? You got persecution. I remember Smith Wigglesworth saying, if you have no persecution, you're doing something wrong. You're not trying hard enough. You know, it says we endeavor. You know, it says we strive. You know, it says we fight the good fight of faith. It is a war. It does not come to you as ripe cherries. It's not going to just fall from the tree. You've got to fight for it. You've got to get your body up in the morning, and you've got to start the fight. What is it that Paul tells 
Timothy. He says to be a good soldier. You know, if you're a good soldier, you're not going to be going to the movies on the weekend. You're not going to be doing all the fun stuff. You're in a war. That's what Jesus did. Those disciples did not take the weekend off. I don't see anywhere where they had a vacation. I don't see anywhere where they had a day off. It says they were so busy they couldn't even eat. You will never have your own time again. You will never do what you want to again. But you know what the reward is? Do you know what the reward is? We put people that spend eight hours a day trying to learn how to walk on a balance beam. We make them a hero. And when they're all done, guess what they do? They get a little gold medal. And what do you do with that? What we're fighting for, that pearl, a great price. You know what we get? We get to raise the dead. We get to cast out devils. We get to heal the sick. We get to relieve those that are oppressed. Oh, when that power of God starts working through you, it's worth it. It's worth it. When the times get tough, I talk to myself about all that God has done and is doing, and we get right back on the horse, and we get back to riding. We get back to believing. We get back to fighting. It is worth it. Jesus had the persecution, and it took him all the way to the cross. Do you know what's wonderful about that? I want you to go to John 19, 11. Something when you're under persecution. You will find that there is misunderstanding. You will find that people would rather believe a lie than to even ask what the truth is. Oh, I have run into that. They believe a lie and they are sure as sure. I will share with you a testimony. I had a man that posted on Facebook something that was absolutely untrue about me. And I went to God. I said, what am I supposed to do with this? I mean, I blessed him. And then out of my spirit, I said, Father, I ask you in Jesus' name to bring him in front of me. Bring him to my face. I want to talk to him face to face because he said he was a Christian. You know, the Bible gives you how to handle situations. It's in Matthew 18. It says, if you've got odd against a brother, you go to the brother. You don't talk about the brother to your friends. You don't talk about them behind their back. You go to the brother. And you say, is this true? That's how Jesus told us to handle it. I said, bring him to me. And you know what? One day, Dole and I are in a restaurant. And the restaurant is almost empty. I mean, I don't think there was any other customers but us. And in he walked. And I looked up and saw him at the front door. And I said, today's the day. Today's the day God delivered him right into my hands. And not only that, they had the whole restaurant empty. And they sit him right at a corner where he and I are face to face. By that time, I knew it was God. We were going to go whether we shook or not. And I started talking. And I said, you have posted this. 
and I said, I have asked God to bring you face to face with me, and we need to talk. I said, did you ever come and ask me if this was true? No. I said, did you know that this and this happened? No, I didn't. I said, did you know that this happened? He said, no, I didn't. I said, did you ever consider coming to me first before you posted that? He said, I don't want to do this in this restaurant. I said, we're doing it. We're doing it right here. He said, other people can hear. I said, the only people in this restaurant are the waiters and waitresses, and they know us personally. I know every one of them. I said, this is the place. And we talked for a little bit, and the woman that he was with was angry. Too bad, so sad. This was God. And you know what he said at the end? I thank God for him. He said, I was wrong. He said, I was wrong. Thank God he said, I was wrong. And he took it off of Facebook. Persecution. We rejoice. Why? We go back to Matthew 5, because I want to make sure we see it. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you. And persecute you. And shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. They even make up lies. They think it's entertainment. For my sake. For my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You got persecution. It says rejoice. And be exceeding glad. Why? Because great is your reward in heaven. You know why you got persecution? Because you changed your address from earth to heaven. You changed your address from being one on earth to being one in heaven. And that makes the earth mad at you. That makes you a target. But rejoice and be exceeding glad every one of those persecutions we get a reward for oh i can't wait i want you to consider this your life here on earth 70 80 90 100 years if jesus doesn't come back first that is a drop a drop go stand in the ocean and take a eyedropper and put one drop in that ocean that is your life here on earth versus your eternity. So they are mad at you for 70 years. Who cares? Who cares? I remember I was getting a lot of persecution and I was walking down the street and I was praying. And I didn't understand why people that I'm supposed to walk with were so mad at me. And I said, Lord, I don't understand why they're doing this. It amazed me what God said. What do you care? You're dead. I mean, I stopped for a minute. I thought about it. We're dead in Christ. We've been buried with Jesus. What do I care? The only one I have to make happy is the Father and Jesus. What do I care? Do you know what? The, the problem didn't go away, but I didn't care. And I worked right alongside them. I did everything that I was supposed to do. I even enjoyed it. I didn't care. Why? Kathy was dead. Kathy was dead. 
You know what? Terry Mye is in heaven. You can talk about Terry Mye all you want. He doesn't care. You can lie about Terry Mye all you want. He doesn't care. Why? He's sleeping in Jesus. Well, I'm dead to the world through baptism in water. I am dead to the world through Jesus. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not I. But Christ liveth in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God. Now, there are times that it bothers me, and when that happens, I go pray until it doesn't bother me, and Kathy's dead again, getting back in the grave. <laughs> Some days you just have to do that. Now, we'll finish with John 19, verse 11. Jesus is getting ready to be crucified. Pilate said unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest not I have power to crucify thee, and I have power to release thee? And look at Jesus' answer. This answer goes down through eternity. It goes into your life also. Thou can have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Thou can have no power against me, except it were given thee from above. You know when I learned that? When everybody at school was trying to have me fired, God showed me they cannot fire you unless I let them. Do you know that? They can't fire you unless God lets them. They cannot do anything to you unless God lets them. The mouths will go. The pressure's on. The persecution is intense but they can't do a thing unless God lets them. And if they fire you, thank you, Jesus, you've just been delivered. Time to find a better job. All right? Now, do you want this? <laughs> Some say, no! <laughs> no, I don't want persecution. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Nothing makes a Christian riper. Nothing makes a Christian stronger. Nothing makes a Christian walk tighter. And being persecuted. It drives you to stay with Jesus. It drives you to walk with God. It drives you to walk the straight and narrow. That's what persecution is. That's why we have to be thankful for it. It'll make you walk. Because it's right behind you chewing on you if you stop. That's why we go on. Now, do you want this? Yes, you do. You want the spirit of Jesus in you. You want that spirit that'll lead you through the persecution, that'll lead you through everything that you walk through, that'll strengthen you, that'll make you stronger, and then you see the power of God work on your behalf. Oh, I have seen the power move situations when I have been persecuted, move the persecutors, change the situation, show up in the power of God. And you know what? If you are a Christian, you will never be ashamed. That is a promise. How do you get that? You pray with me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. I believe that you were raised from the dead. Take my life. Lead me. Guide me. Fix me. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. 
She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.